designed for retail lovers and retail leaders alike, the Retail Legends podcast is designed to provoke thoughts, challenge ideas, encourage growth, and most importantly, offer leadership and insight to help retailers be both prepared and proactive to retail's always evolving and constantly demanding needs. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and welcome to the Retail Legends Podcast. For a good chunk of Americans, the slow trudge out of winter into spring doesn't officially start until the first pitch of baseball on opening day. In that moment, whether we're watching from our TV or from a sports bar or from the ballpark, we feel ourselves out of the blue, blustery cold, ready to enjoy the feeling of culture of an afternoon out at the ballpark. Unfortunately, that reality isn't materializing this time around, with much of North America completely shut down as a result of COVID-19, meaning there's no baseball to commence the spring season. So this week on Retail Legends, we wanted to get our fix of opening day baseball while at the same time recognize a true legend of retail, the one and only Baseballism. Baseballism isn't just a retailer. The company is a lifestyle brand from Portland, Oregon that began as four friends designing goofy shirts for their youth baseball camp. That idea has sprouted into a multi-million dollar retail force to be reckoned with. Outside of coronavirus crushing retail across the nation, right now we're living in an era that many retailers call the retail apocalypse. It's not a necessarily new term, it's one that's been persisting for years now. Thousands of stores shutter their doors every year to refocus their brick-and-mortar footprint and better leverage e-commerce. But baseballism worked backwards, to their advantage actually. They went from an e-commerce retailer to a chain of successful brick-and-mortar stores that truly understood the need for experience and energy. In this episode, we're going to hear how four lifelong friends threw retail a curveball. Let's jump in. Every day, we ask ourselves, are we being authentic? Are we being true to the, to the passion are we being um, true to the history of baseball? That's really how you, you build a community. So how baseballism came to be, it's, it's a crazy and unique story. The brand founders all played club baseball at the University of Oregon. All of us came from coaching backgrounds and playing backgrounds. We started a youth baseball camp back in 06 and 07, I believe. So I bought the domain baseballism. And we created a sweet camp t-shirt. So we ran that camp for a couple years. It was awesome. It was just a side gig. And we had to dissolve the camp because we had to go get real jobs because it was truly just a side gig. But when we left, a few of us moved back to Portland. We all, all the founders kind of went their separate ways. People would ask us. We'd be out at bars on 23rd and they'd say, hey, where, where'd you get that shirt? Baseballism, that's really cool. Everyone was asking us, where'd you get that shirt? Where'd you get that shirt? And so. I hit up uh, my old teammates and said, guys, like everyone's asking me where I got this shirt. I'm going to make a run of these shirts. I'm going to sell them at the baseball academy that I'm working at, and we'll just see how it goes. So made a run of 48 shirts, and they sold out in a couple weeks. And so I called my friends, and I'm like, I think we got something here. Yeah, 
we are a direct-to-consumer company, so we open our own stores and we sell our product to the consumer directly. That means we are making heavy investment in finding the right retail locations. We've got Scottsdale and Cooperstown. They're both our main street stores where shopping and baseball is centric. And then we soon pivoted to stadium stores. Now we have stadium stores in Boston and Chicago and San Francisco and Atlanta. And that stadium model, we look at how many people are coming to the ballgame. We use a metric called dollars per fan. So we know that if we look at the attendance of that team, we know we're going to get a certain dollar amount per fan. So you just look at the list of 30 teams and you see where the attendance is. And you know that if we put a store here, we have the right products that we're going to get a dollar amount per fan. And that gives us a framework for revenue. And then we can work backwards on whether it's going to be profitable or not. A lot of stores, they don't, they have a really broad customer base. Let's say you just sell, you know, nice t-shirts. You can be in a mall and you can have people walk by and it's just kind of like a dice roll whether, you know, that person's going to like your brand or not. We can open up a baseballism store outside of a baseball stadium and know that, you know, 85% of the people there are baseball people. And it's allowed us to be really successful and kind of expand our brand in retail where a lot of other brands are failing. Baseballism would not be here today without social media, without Facebook specifically. Social media was really, really the, the genesis of everything. So even before the e-commerce, we built up a social media following so that when we launched the e-commerce, we already had customers. By the time we launched our Kickstarter, we had 100,000 baseball followers on Facebook. That was key. And it's coming up with original content. Anybody can share a meme or a, a baseball current event, but when you can come up with your own original content and that becomes shared and it goes viral, that's really how you, you build a community. After we soon realized that the e-commerce space was crowded, we had to find a way to differentiate ourselves. When thinking about business and thinking about retail, there's been a big shift. Everybody thinks don't do retail, it's risky. When you look at the new and trendy and thriving businesses, it's all about the experience. When I come into this shop, can I talk baseball? with the person that's working there. So people, when they go to buy, they want more of an experience. It's less about the mall atmosphere. It really is about giving something unique and telling a story about your product. When we started the brand, it was, how do we create something that unites the baseball culture? Everything we do has to tell a baseball story. And so when you step into our, one of our retail stores, you are just immersed in not only great product, but a community that shares something in common with you. And as long as it's strategic, and as long as it's small, and it creates a good brand experience, we've seen it to be very profitable. When you look at the growth of baseballism, we're only hoping for 10 to 15% growth online, and then it's opening new doors, and new doors in areas that make sense. And there's baseball fans all over this country, and we're just, we're just this big. We are a data-centric organization. It's the window into the customer. Data is everything in all of our decisions. Restocking, how many SKUs we're gonna carry, what we're gonna put at the stores, it's all numbers. Data is everything. I mean, we've got almost a million people that follow us on social media, so we can break down who is our customer and who's buying from us. We soon realized that we were making products for men, but really women were the buyers. baseball mom wants to be a part of it just as much as the baseball dad does, just as much as the player does, the softball player too. I mean, so we asked ourselves, what can we do that would be attractive to a baseball mom? So I had this idea of 
taking baseball glove leather. We took their leather and we sent it to a purse factory. We said, can you make purses out of this? And they said, oh yeah, no problem. So we released our first glove leather tote. We made 150 of them, they sell it on 30 seconds. And then we're like, guys, I think we got something here. Baseball brands, for, for 100 years, it's been an old boys club, right? We're just gonna make balls and bats and gloves and focus on guys. And now we're moving over a million dollars in women's handbags. Who would have thought a baseball brand is selling women's handbags made out of baseball leather? But without the data, we, we would not have reached that conclusion. Living my best life. It's really important for us to stay in touch with the baseball community because, I mean, those are our consumers. I, I mean, and, and we want to make sure that things resonate with them. So we try to attend as many events as possible. We go to spring training, we go to a bunch of major league games, uh, but then we also stay super connected to the youth baseball community and it allows us to interact and get a feel for what's kind of common and trending in, in the baseball world. But we also have a balance when it comes to that because baseball has this long history and tradition and we don't want to go far away from that. We try to stay well grounded in the history of the game for on a lot of levels too. We started this business like a lot of businesses do in a garage. It's It's been a long ride, you know, from working three jobs and shipping stuff out of the garage to where we are now, but uh, I've had a lot of fun on the way. I'm working with my best friends, so it's, it's great. Data and strategy have allowed the company to scale up, but the founders still believe passion, connection, experience, and community will keep baseballism hitting homers. Authenticity is something brands preach about now more than ever. But this idea rings especially true with an audience so emotionally connected to a sport. Authenticity is what got baseballism this far. Now they're set up to ride this new wave of retail with confidence and vision for a more connected baseball retail future. Thank you everyone for listening and follow us for future episodes. And remember, retailers need to step outside of their comfort zones and into other touch points and opportunities that are influencing their businesses, including their customers. Learn from others and learn from the Retail Legends podcast, which you can look forward to on Tuesdays only on Market Scale. Make sure to subscribe to Retail Legends wherever you listen to your podcast content. That's a wrap on this week's Retail Legends podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.